Hey guys, welcome back to JL's podcast. And if you're new, want to welcome you. Um, thanks for tuning in. Happy Christmas, Merry Christmas to you. And if you're returning as well, wanting to say Happy Christmas to you. Thanks for tuning in to and coming back and lending your ear to this podcast. So it's Christmas Day when this comes up. And um, like I said, I was going to look for a little bit of a weird or unusual tradition that my family does, or did, I should say, for Christmas. And one of those was, I remember very clearly that we used to gather family and friends, lesser extended family, and perhaps one of the weirdest things is that on one of these occasions, we actually ended up, from morning till sunset we had we were going to be consuming a whole cow so you can just imagine the number of people that would have been invited at that Christmas and so what happened is we got the cow and it was killed in the morning um, and pretty much skinned and all the parts cleaned cut up and uh, would go to different people to be cooked by um, in different ways. So the intestines were, you know, they were gutted, turned inside out, cleaned out, and I think those were boiled. You had some of the parts that were cook, cooked on the fire, and others were made with um, some kind of a soup, but though it would take literally a whole day and a couple of men, a few men, to actually have a crack at it because there was such a um, it was such a, a massive amount to get through and the dogs got the head obviously by the end of the day after it had been boiled enough they would, get, they would get the head and that would be their food. Um, yes, I used to have dogs and some of my friends don't really think I like animals but that's alright. So it's Christmas and that was one of the unusual things that my family did, I suppose, because unusual because I haven't seen it done in Australia, and uh, some of you are probably having have probably had a few graphic images as I was talking, so I'm sorry about that. But that was the unusual thing. The other thing is that I would love to buy a coffee to the person who will be able to answer me this question: What is my middle name. That's it. Just for wanting to wanting to um, celebrate 1,000 plus plays on the podcast, I said I would give out a prize and that is the question that you have to answer. What is my middle name? Now some of you who are listening might know me, but I don't think I've divulged my middle name to a lot of people, so that should be mysterious enough. Cool. So, Christmas Day. Let me read one of the passages that I have been thinking on uh, for a while now. And uh, just leading up to Christmas and, uh, you know, there are layers and layers and layers of, uh, of this story that haven't been explored. There are mysteries to it that we will continue to explore throughout history. But let me read first the scripture. Isaiah chapter 9 from verse 1. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, 
But there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel, and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you, as people rejoice in the harvest. And like the warriors dividing the plunder, for you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod, just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms blood-stained by war will all be burnt. They will be fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and, his, and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. The focus for me has been on verse 6. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. And really the reflection I suppose I want to leave you with this week is that there is such depth to the reality that God, when he thought of a plan on how to come close to us, a broken, wretched, sinful, and living in darkness people, he became vulnerable. He, for the first time, was under the... He was affected by what humanity and our actions would, um, would have as consequence. He was, if you have read the story within the first two years of Jesus' life, he had to run away and become a refugee and stay in Ethiopia for a while, in North Africa for a while. I think he fled to Egypt, uh, um, through Egypt. And so within the first two years, his life was in danger. He was in danger of being killed just for being born when he was Within his lifetime, he was hunted down, almost stoned to death by his own people and obviously ultimately killed by us um, and uh, crucified on a Roman cross. And so that is so deep, that is so mysterious that God would choose to be vulnerable, God would choose to let go of all of his majesty and power and wonder and to come and start like a child a very 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 vulnerable child and to start where we all do and um, I mean it, it it's a plan that wouldn't really make sense but I wonder what what does the gift of Christmas mean to you what does it mean to you that Jesus 
God came in flesh and he chose to come as an infant. For some of us, maybe Jesus is still a baby and that's the form that we still like to see him in. Maybe for others, it's that the story of his birth has been so beautified that we can forget just how messy it all was. Mary was a virgin, engaged, and her fiancé didn't really want her because he thought she was a burden and she was probably, probably thought she was lying, that she'd slept with another man before he got an invi- a visitation from an angel to let him know that what was happening was actually of God. And despite that, it was still quite inconvenient that he would not know how to explain how Mary who is still a virgin, was pregnant and go through with marrying her anyway, despite perhaps what his friends would have been would have been telling him or his family would have been telling him not to. We only get the glimpses, we only get the overall picture, we only get the joy to the world, songs, what was happening, but We don't see the struggle to find a place for Mary whose water would have burst to give birth to a child. The the struggle to find a place clean enough for a child to fight. The fight for having a child who didn't have any doctors or midwives come around them to help them with the birth and the struggle with not really being the perfect family, not really starting out as the perfect family. And so the awesome thing about Jesus' story is that it does start off messy. And I, I, take, a lot of, um, I take a lot of comfort in that because no person's family is perfect, no person's story is perfect, and so... There is a lot of truth in the fact that Jesus can relate to us. He can, he understands what we're going through. He understands what we've been because he's been there. And, um, you know, this is just, this is just his birth. And then the rest of his life, um, it was even more miraculous. And so I want to encourage you this Christmas, whatever, um, Whatever you thought this story of Jesus to be, however it has been beautified and the mess being left out of it, I want you to really think on it and think about where you're at and try to try to think if the Son of God, God himself, came and he couldn't have the perfect start and yet he still chose to go through with what he wanted. He wanted to go through with in order that we might know him. That ought to bring us a little bit of comfort. My pastor said on Sunday that God is attracted to your mess because it's in there that it's a doorway to your miracle. He's attracted to it because in the midst of it we get he we get to experience um his presence, and I think there's a lot of truth in that because, you know, one of the things that doesn't happen is God waving his wand, if he's got one. I don't think he's got one. Is God waving a, 
his hand or snapping his fingers and all our troubles and the messiness that we live in goes away. Really, he actually comes to redeem the mess. So, for unto us a child is born. One of the things that I have noticed really about children is that they do bring a lot of joy. Um, and a son is given. We, we, we get a son. We get, um, you know, one of the things with that in, in, in at least my culture or in many other patriarchal cultures that I've known is that sons symbolized a hope in the future for the family, a, um, you know, that we could keep the family name, that kind of thing. And without, for those of you who are, who have a bad experience of patriarchal, um, patriarchal traditions, uh, without going too, you know, too much into it, really, uh, I wonder if that's what God was trying to, was trying to say when He brought Jesus, that we now, because we've lost our chance through the first Adam, we now have a second chance through Jesus. That there is a future for us, and we too can experience um, hope. We can experience uh, a trust and joy in God who is a plan. So this Christmas, whatever that means, that Jesus came into the world, whatever it means to you, what, how will your life change? How will that impact you even more than it has in previous years? How will it transform the way that you think? How will it penetrate your heart so that in... A little more every single day, you allow that truth to change you so that your world is better for it. When God thought of a plan for humanity, salvation, He didn't send an angel, He didn't send money, He didn't send five point plans, He didn't send all of the stuff that perhaps we could think of, he sent Jesus. He came himself in flesh and he showed us the way. And so what does that mean for you? What does it mean for the mess that you're part of or that is affecting you? What does it mean that Jesus is with you, with us in the midst of that mess? So hopefully you've been encouraged, hopefully you've got a few things to think about. Now, one of the, what I want to finish with is, I want to finish with a song that I recorded very roughly, um, but I don't really care how it sounds really, and I hope that you catch the heart of it, and it's a song that I had been, I've been impacted by for a number of years now, it's by Hillsong, and uh, I'm just doing a quick cover of it. And so stay till the end of the song, listen to the words, and um, I hope that they have impact on you and that your, your life is better off because of the presence of Jesus and that your circle of influence is also better off because of the presence of Jesus in your life. So without further ado... Let's go into the song and we will be back next Tuesday with a brand new
episode. Thanks for listening. Ciao.
My soul and see.